Hey, this is Arash Markazi from ESPN, and you're listening to Golbezat, your one-stop shop for all your Iranian soccer news. Hello everyone, I'm Babak Golriz and welcome to another edition of Golbezan Podcast. Today we'll be previewing the Asian Cup game between Iran and Yemen and I'm joined by Sina Samiyan and Pejman Pars. Hi guys. Hi Pe- uh, Babak and Pejman, uh, it's good to speak to you guys again. Okay, so we'll get straight to it. Yemen joins Iran, Iraq and Vietnam in the Asian Cup. And they will open and kick off the tournament against the Iranian team on Monday, January 7th. For those of you who don't know much about Yemen, which could be quite a few of us, we can just give you a little bit of a background on their group that they qualified from, which included Maldives, who they beat twice, as well as Tajikistan, Nepal, and Philippines, who they drew with twice in the tournament. Recently, The Yemeni side has had some friendlies against Egypt, where they lost against Qatar in the Arabian Cup. This is last year, end of 2017, where they lost Bahrain, they lost Iraq, they lost. And then Saudi Arabia, again a losing effort in this November of 2018. The UAE, another losing effort. Syria, another losing effort. So they haven't had the best of build-ups for the tournament. I want to start with Sina. Maybe you could give us a little bit of uh, insight into their key players and what to expect from the Yemenis against Iran. Sure. Well, I mean, as you said, they're a bit of, a, of an unknown quantity when it comes to this competition. Uh, we all know about the political side of, of uh, Yemen and, and the difficulties that they've had to go through because of the Yemen war. And um, I think we can all agree that it's a fantastic achievement for them to be able to make the Asian Cup, and, uh, of course, they're going to enjoy the tournament. But um, from Iran's point of view, as I said, there are, they are a bit of an unknown quantity. And even personally, I'll be honest, it's very difficult to find information about the Yemen national team. But from what I've read and from what I've seen about them in various websites and through on Twitter as well, they... From a formation uh, side of things, they, they tend to play a 4-3-3 uh, with one holding midfielder and, and two central uh, midfielders, which um, is kind of similar to the way we play. But um, one thing is for sure, regardless of, of how they set up or what formation they play, they will look uh, to defend. Um, and, and that makes sense. You know, They're playing uh, possibly the best Asian team uh, currently. And um, again, for a team that's... Uh, as you said, they've, they've not won many games, and looking at the preparation games, they've they've had a couple of uh, friendlies cancelled recently as well. Um, I would say it's, it's nailed on that will start to to frustrate us, to to annoy us as much as they can, to waste time, to defend, and, and it makes sense. As I said, you know they're not a very they're not a team of of, of uh, a lot of quality. I mean, they have a few players who who play in the uh, in the Qatari Stars League. Uh, but I'm not. I'll be honest. I'm not 100% sure to what ability they actually they actually play and whether they are regulars or not. But majority of their team play in the domestic league in in Yemen. They've got a Slovak manager 
who's just been appointed uh, a few months ago. Then his name escapes me. Well, I know you know his name. I've, uh, I've completely... Jan Kossian. Yes. Jan Kossian, yes. Uh, he's only been in charge. International, yeah. Yeah. He's only been in charge. Uh, he's only been in charge for a few months. He's a former... He's, he's got experience of managing in, in, in Asia with um, a Chinese team. I think it's Jiangsu Sainty and, and a club in Hong Kong. So, uh, to be honest, we're not expecting them to, to, to of course, uh, cause a lot of headache for us. Uh, but, of course, we know in these competitions and with these teams that will fight for their lives, anything, anything is possible. But from an uh, Iran point of view, it shouldn't be too difficult of a game. Okay, like you alluded, there's a, quite a few players who are playing in the Qatari Stars League. And I would say the pick of the bunch is Captain Ala Al-Sasi, who's a midfielder. He's got 87 internationals. 14 goals, he's their top scorer. But then there's a youngster as well who is Abdul Wasa Al-Matari, I think. Uh, he plays in the UAE, actually. He's got seven international goals. And you have Ahmed Al-Saruri, another striker, 20 years old, broken into the team recently in the last 12 months, I would say. He plays in Qatar as well in Al-Malkhiya. So I want to ask you, Pejwan, do you see the fact that this is the first game, probably the best opportunity for Yemen to play us in the first game. And considering tournaments and how big teams sometimes make slow starts, do you see this? Do you see the potential for Yemen to steal a draw? Yeah, good question. I was actually thinking about it myself. And as you said, the first game in uh, for big countries, uh, big countries in, in uh, these kind of competitions, are usually kind of slow and kind of rough. And Iran have everything to lose and Yemen have everything to win in this game. So I do believe that it will be a hard-fought game for Iran. Um, even if Yemen will lose with 3, 4, even 5-0, that wouldn't say much after all because if you look at the results in their past games, you see that uh, the scores are like a 1-0 loss, a 2-0, 2-1. The numbers aren't that bad, actually, uh, regarding the fact that the entire country is you know really in a bad war and a bad situation and they had had a hard time to, to making this uh, possible so i do believe that they can uh, make it really hard and tough for the iranian national team the question is will they be able to do that in 90 minutes uh, and iran as we know uh, when they play against weaker teams, they, think they seem to struggle. But for me, Yemen is another step down. Uh, they're not, you know, I mean, if, if they're like the, if you see countries like Iran in the in the Class A, and you see countries like Uzbekistan and Qatar in, in Class B or in a second grade, then Yemen would probably be in the third or even fourth, fourth. Yeah. How do you say that in in Asia? So I can't see that holding up for 90 minutes, but I'm sure they will get some opportunities against Iran. And if they'll be able to score a goal, it will look really bad for Iran. Even if Iran tends to win like 2-1 or 3-1, they will show that they'll be... Well, they will be vulnerable against these kind of teams, and we will play them against Vietnam or maybe even in the, in the quarterfinals or, or the next stage. So 
uh, Yemen shouldn't be underestimated, and I can't see Iran scoring more than two goals against them. Okay, I, you, you alluded, uh, Bejman, to Qatar, and I want to stay with you here as we move on to talk about the team Melli. Uh, what, what lessons, if any, did we learn from our recent uh, New Year's Eve friendly match against Qatar? Anything that stuck out to you and uh, something you see that there's a future for? Well, it's hard to say since I didn't saw the game. I just have some reports and uh, I look at the starting 11. It was probably as close as we come to a regular starting 11, maybe one or two uh, changes with players that maybe doesn't make that big of a uh, difference that between Kafuri and Rezaian. It's not that uh, important for me at this moment, to be honest. Uh, or maybe... Uh, Mirad Mohammadi on the left, we talking about that before, but to be honest, he haven't been playing that now, playing there in these important games. He, he didn't play there in the World Cup, so maybe we we will see Ehsan Harsavi play there anyway. Uh, for me, what's important is that these creative players uh, need to get more space and need to get more time with the ball than they have before. When we play against weaker teams such as Yemen. Uh, even as even Qatar, even if they are not as bad as Yemen, of course, uh, Iran must be the team that holds the ball, must be the leading force in the game. So I hope in a game against Yemen, the creative players and the creative minds, such as even Omid Ebrahimi, if he will start, uh, Taremi, Qudus, uh, Almun, I hope they, they use that uh, uh, creativity, that that unexpected things that they can be able to do against weaker teams, uh, and do the best of it because that's that's the way to do it. To to answer your question again, before we learn something from Qatar, it's really hard to say. Um, what we learned is that uh, Iran is a team that is 90 minutes hard to play against, and also Iran seems to be struggling to to score goals. Uh, but as long as you score at least one more goal than your opponent, then that's enough. And for me, that's enough against Yemen as well. 1-0, 2-0, doesn't matter as long as the game is controlled and they, you can see the potential for uh, the future against better teams. That That's my idea. Thank you, Jose. Uh, Sina, what would you say from the starting lineup and substitutions uh, with Qatar and the reports you read? Do you see, did you, let's say, something that uh, struck out to you? Well, I think uh, one of the things that I noticed was the fact that uh, Haji Safi was the one who gave the penalty away and he was playing at left back, which, um, I mean, it's something that we've all mentioned so many times, but surely Milad Mohammadi should be starting at left back. And I'm hoping that is the case, not just for, for the game against Yemen, but... Uh, for the entirety of the competition. Um, so that's one thing. But uh, the importance of Ptolemy, for me personally, is something that I mentioned in the last episode as well. And I strongly believe that Ptolemy can be one of our most important players in this tournament. This is his territory. He's played against Asian, comp- uh, Asian teams uh, all of his career. Um, it's something that he's been successful at, not just for Team Ali, but for Paris Police, and at Al-Ghalafa as well in, in Qatar. Um, 
So I think this is the time for him uh, to show how important he can be, and he will get his chances. Um, I think he's a uh, for me personally. I think he will start, but the teams against against teams like Yemen, he will get his chances. So it's just a matter of uh, will he be able to get the goals and and, and prove his worth. Um, but in terms of the lineup, um, I think especially this game against Yemen, the lineup will for me depend on what he's going to play against Vietnam and Iraq. This is the easiest game on paper. But, of course, we know that there will be rotation needed across the group stages. So I'm not sure if he'll be starting with his first choice 11, but rather what team can he play in order to be able to play his best best 11 and best formation, best um, combinations in the toughest games against Vietnam and Iraq. Um, So that's kind of intriguing for me to see who starts. But uh, something that Pejman said, that I completely agree with, and it's something that we've discussed so many times, is when we play against smaller teams, do we have the ability and do we have the mentality to keep the ball and create chances? And uh, that's something that also will be affected by who starts in the middle. If if uh, it's a case of Omid Ebrahimi and Vahid Amiri and another uh, Play like so, me, all yeah, three of them I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask you here: Who do you think will start in the middle for us tomorrow uh, on Monday? Sorry, I think I, I personally want to see Kodu starting. I think it's it's a have to, it's a must. I think he didn't get what he deserved in the World Cup. He should have got more minutes. But again, I understand the circumstances of the World Cup were different. But this is a time for him. He's he's fresh. He's ready to go. He's just had his move uh, to France. And I think he's at an age where he might not need that much resting, so he could possibly start all three games. So I think for me, he's a nailed-on starter. He has to start. And I've said it before as well, I think Hoist Safi uh, playing in the middle is, is something that I would like to see with, again, I've, I mentioned Cheshmi as a defensive midfielder, or even in this sort of game, we could even see Nurullahi making a surprise start, or uh, Omid Ebrahimi, of course, as well. We don't have uh, that many creative central midfielders. Sorry, I, I missed out to Masoud as well. Again, he could be another one in this kind of game where it could get frustrating. Him and Dejagas' experience could be at help uh, to, to stay composed, even though composure and keeping a cool head is not Masoud's uh, <laughs> best trait. But uh, they could, I mean, anyone could start in the middle. But, but I, what I don't want to see, I don't want to see three uh, defensive uh, minded players starting in the middle. Um, we need creativity, we need composure, we need technical ability to be able to uh, break, to unlock uh, the Yemeni defence. And, and uh, I think Khodus is, is possibly our our best player uh, when it comes to those characteristics and, and, and those abilities. Okay, so I, I want to move on to Pejman, but staying with the Saman Khodus uh, topic, Considering that we play effectively a 4-1-4-1 formation, and what Sina mentioned here, where Kodus should, should and probably will start in the middle, is this to say that we expect Saman to be one of the two in central midfield, effectively in a deeper role than we have been used to watching him for Ostersun or even Amia? Uh, is this the way we should look forward to Saman's role against Yemen and maybe subsequently? It's a good question. I do believe so, because uh, let's think of the options. Up front, it will most probably be Osmond. Uh, someone has played both on the left and the right wings. On the right wing, 
if Jahan Bakhsh wouldn't be injured, he would have been starting. So that's a possibility that we can see Qodus uh, on the right side. My guess here is that uh, we can see um, maybe a, something of a surprise starting both with Kafuri and Rezoyan on the right side, making Rezoyan a much more offensive player. Or probably a more safer choice would be Ashkan on the right side. Then, if we think about on the left side, I think there are too many options uh, before Salman there. Taremi, Amiri, even Karim can start there on the left side. So it will only be one of the players in the middle uh, and just just behind the main striker, which would be Osmond. I can see someone playing at that position or at the right side, but this is maybe his most important time with the national team. If he doesn't manage to do well in the national team against weaker opponents such as Yemen and uh, Vietnam and even uh, Iraq, uh, he will have a hard time uh, claiming that position even if he's good in his uh, at club level, because we've seen players being good at club level but not being really fitting into career system. And the question is, how will? Hey, I, I want to I ask you. Uh, sorry yeah. to interrupt. During the last uh, interview we did with someone on Golbazan and yourself, when we asked him what is your favorite position, he was. Quite diplomatic, says he likes playing on the left, he likes playing on the right or behind the striker. But from your perspective, tell us, you've watched him probably more than anyone else in Sweden as well. What is his strongest position? Yeah, I've seen, I think, all of the games he played in Amiens, at least maybe I missed one or two of them. Um, I would say the, it's the versatility, it's the ability to actually change side from left to right if it's not working for any reason. Um, he he's one of those modern players that is not stuck into just one position because uh, if if let's say if I had to choose a position today I would choose this number ten or even uh, one of two strikers if we had two strikers but we usually don't have that in Iran so uh, he would be the the striker uh, the player playing behind the striker but I think um, yeah. In Iran, if you play that position, there is a major risk that you will f- play too much of a defensive role than than someone is capable of. So if he's going to start in the middle, he has to make sure, or we, if he wants to get his full potential, he has to uh, play much more as a as a striker than as a, a midfielder, to be honest. So it, it, it's hard. His kind of play doesn't fit with the defensively, strategically carish team that we've seen in the past years. But he knows, and he even said that, that this Iran in the Asian Cup would be a different team because they have to be the attacking team when they play against Yemen. So how will the entire team cope with that, and how will someone fit into that system? It will either be a great success and he will be probably the best player on the pitch or the other players and someone included will have a hard time adjusting to that, especially in the first game against Yemen where 
you don't know how the Yemenis will play. And they, as you said, the, the big hearts of these kind of nations is uh, sometimes more valuable than just being a skilled player. Uh, so that's a, that's my answer to a question that I think uh, is, we will have to ask ourselves several times during the Asian Cup. Where is Salman's best position? I think also as well, uh, something that Pejman said in terms of the defensive discipline, and he's absolutely right, but we have seen it as well, that even if you play out wide, you still have the same defensive responsibilities. So the shackles will be on regardless of, of where he plays. And, and Pejman is right, you know, that's a question we will be asking. But as I said, he, for me personally, I think it's a travesty if he's not just starting most of the games, and I, and I genuinely mean that. I think it will be one of the biggest mistakes Kerish has made if Kortus is on the bench again, because we have a player of, of the highest quality, of a, of a real European quality, something that Dejogah was at one point, and I'm, I'm talking about the tactical side and the and the technical side. Um, we used the, the, the Dejogah back then really well to our advantage, and it's time for us to be able to use Kortus in these situations as well because the group stages for me are perfect for Kortus. He has his head and shoulders above uh, above every play in the opposition side and he can be the difference uh, between, okay, I mean, I'm hoping we win every game, but he can be the difference between scoring one goal and scoring three goals. Yeah. One, one more thing, just a final thing. I think, uh, as you said, uh, what's been, what Kairos has been most criticised for is uh, not using Samuel Kodus enough. And I think that criticize would be at least 10 times more or harsher if someone actually played in the Iranian league because then the media have a different kind of uh, approach to him and his club that he would play, probably one of the big clubs, uh, and demand him and have a much bigger um, reason to to find a reason to not not like Kairos simply. Like we've seen players like Ali Poor, the, the president have gone crazy. Why is he isn't he a part of the squad? And that's just Ali Poor. Imagine if it was Samoan Odus in Iran. I think that criticized that criticized from Iranian media would be much more harsh. And this is maybe uh Odus and uh, Kairos final well, this is Kairos final chance to to prove himself that he learned from his mistakes, because I think he sh- he, he should agree with the criticism here and, and look at the back mirror and say, oh yeah, I, I, people are right, I should have used him more than I have done so far. So it, it's it, he has to prove himself now, uh, Kairos, that he's learned from his mistakes, because in, in my opinion, that's, it was a mistake not to use someone enough. Yeah, I, I want to wrap up the Saman section by saying that I personally feel that he is the key for our potential uh, success in this tournament. He is a bit of an unknown quantity for most of the opponents because he hasn't played with the national team too, so often. But as both of you rightly said, especially Sina, he's head and shoulders above anyone else in the group stage. And I would argue probably one of the three or four most technically gifted players in the tournament. At the same time, he comes to an Iranian team that is quite disciplined, so he has to step up. As much as Pejman says that Kairos has to prove himself or needs to answer the critics, I think we still haven't seen the best of Saman, and it's not 
easy coming off the bench or playing a few minutes here and there. So he will definitely start. The question is, is he going to start in the biggest of games, in the money end of the tournament? I think this time around he will, but we have to wait and see. In one, word, in one number, I would like to ask both of you, since we all unanimously agree he will play in the middle, is he going to play more as a number 10 or number 8? Sina? Number 10. I'd say he's going to be the more offensive of the two central midfielders. And Pejman, do you agree? I agree. Number 10. Okay, good. So, moving forward, uh, I want to ask you about the overall makeup of the lineup. Sina mentioned that he thinks that there will be a little bit of a rotation and we may not see everyone in there. And Pejman, I think you more or less agreed that there will be some changes. Do you think it's important for us to put in some of our best players at this stage so that they could get the form under their belt, let's say, or it's acceptable to, for example, keep Sardar Osmoon on the bench against Yemen and then bring him on against Vietnam. So how far would you go with the rotation? I want to ask you, Sina. I think it's about balance. Um, I think when it comes to rotation, sometimes it can be misunderstood as saying, let's play our BT. Absolutely not. You know, when we talk about rotation, I don't mean let's start other Zade in goal and, and we go can't on the centre back. No. But what it means is, for example, like you said, maybe starting Rafuri at right back or even um, playing Torabi at right wing when we don't know how much we start or not. Uh, I think personally, Ebrahimi and Amiri are players for the latter stages of the competition when we play against bigger teams. So uh, maybe even Masoud starting in the middle. Um, uh, of course we have Karim as well maybe more substitutions earlier substitutions but it has to be a mix because you don't want to uh, have 11 changes going into the second game and then uh, 7 changes again going into the third game uh, but it has to be constant uh, changes throughout the 3 games but as I said the right mix so you have uh, 6 or 5 or 6 or even 7 uh, regulars you play 3 or 4 of the Let's say not your starters, and then the same thing for the uh, for the second uh, for the second uh, game of the group against Vietnam. Six, seven of the starters, then you rotate the other players, and this has to be continued throughout the competition if you want to get to the latter stages, playing your best side and playing them uh, with their hundred uh, percent um, in in hundred percent condition. Pejman, I want to ask you about Ali Reza injury and replacement. First of all. It's clear that he's going to miss the first game, as Carlos Kirosh confirmed a couple of days ago. A lot of question marks over how fit he will be even for the subsequent games. We know he's had this recurrence of a hamstring, in, hamstring injury, so there will be a lot of doubts over his contribution in the tournament. So let us presume that he only misses the first game. If you were a betting man, who do you think will start at right wing? The one that will replace Al-Yazan Jahan Bakhsh at this moment would would probably be Salman Qadus for me, if he's not playing as a number 10. If someone would play as a number 10, then I would like to have Ashkan Dejane on the right side. Because, in my opinion, Ashkan have been one of the best players Iran have ever, ever had. But uh, his injuries, his lack of uh, gains in the past years uh, has have made us almost forget about him and what he can bring to the game. Now he's got some playing minutes in Teraktor in Iran, so if uh, the old Ashkan is back, I would love to see him on the right side. Uh, well, who, do you think, who do you think should be um, Jahan Max's replacement? 
Well, I, I'm going to ask you first uh, if you could tell us a little bit about the right side against Qatar from your perspective. Who do we play there and uh, who came on on the right side? Do you have any insight? I think Pejman might be the better person to ask. Uh, I'm not I'm not 100% sure. I think it was Ansari Fadri who started on the right, wasn't it, Pejman? I think, um, uh, well, I, I don't know because it's different. To, uh, it's hard to say how this... Uh, formations has been made. Maybe even started at Ansari Fad and Karim, uh, sorry, and Osmond both uh, as as uh, forwards. Because I did see Karim's name in there. So again, you're right because we didn't watch the game. It's difficult to say. But let's say assuming that it was Karim that started on the right, I, I wouldn't be seeing so. I, I, I believe it was Karim. Uh, from from, let's say from your. Powers of deduction, you would say it was probably the same formation we usually play that 4-1-4-1 or let's say a 4-3-3 if you want to call it and Karim probably a little bit to the right of uh, Sardar. And uh, to, to answer what you asked me, I think if I was a betting man, I would say Karim Ansarifad will start the first game against Yemen, most likely coming in from the right. That's what I would think. I would, I, I would agree but to the to the uh, to the degree that I think I personally also would like to see Torabi start in a game. I mean, he's, we know that he's a good substitute when he comes on. He's got bags of energy. He's direct. He's pacey. But I'd like to see him started in this sort of game. Uh, let's see how he does. Um, Do either because, of you know how much uh, how how many minutes let's say Torabi had against Qatar? Because I think that was for us the biggest indication since it was about a week or so, less than a week before our first game in the Asian Cup, you would think that uh, it gives you a little bit of an insight into what Carlos is thinking for the first game at the very least, if not the full uh, tournament. So maybe for the listeners here, if you could give us a rundown of the lineup and the Actually, that came in. Sorry to interrupt. From, from what I've, I'm seeing, uh, that Torabi came on at halftime. Uh, Toby was part of five changes at halftime alongside Cheshmi, Dejagah, Rezaian and Shujai. And um, they came on for Osmoun, Qudus, Bafuri, Amiri and Taremi. So um, I would say, you know, 45 minutes each way basically between him and it might have been Karim or might have been Qudus. It's difficult to say because we didn't watch the game. That is fair. And the starting lineup just for... For our benefit? Oh, um, I'll give that in. A, let me just see. Okay, so Bayroman started in goal. Um, we had Kafuri, Puralianji, Hosseini, Hoshsafi, Ibrahimi, Amiri, Qudus, Ansarifar, Tanemi, and Osman. But again, that's that's difficult to, to judge on paper because we've seen Ansarifar playing in the middle as well, so it's difficult to say whether Qudus played on the right or Ansari Fad yeah, did. Considering, considering that someone had lately been playing centrally for Iran... Yeah, it's safe to assume that yeah, Ansari Fad yeah. was on the right. If I was to make a bet, I would say that is probably going to be our starting lineup against uh, Yemen. Maybe one change or at fullback, it could be Ghafuri or Rezaian. You could go either way. But I would think that this could be possibly our starting lineup against Yemen. I, I would agree. But also one thing is for sure. I mean, we do talk about lineups, but again, no disrespect to Yemen, but whoever starts, um, 
uh, for us on, on on Monday, it shouldn't be a problem beating Yemen, and we shouldn't be struggling struggling that much. And I think we can all agree on that. Yep, and that's a good uh, one, way. One, one last thing uh, about Paul is out there. Uh, have you seen the pictures and the videos of him? He's now training uh, with, with ball and on, on the pitch, and he seems to be more ready than at least one, two weeks ago. Maybe he will make the, uh, make the list for someone else, probably Canoni or somebody. Getting I don't think that we are allowed to make a change unless a player is ruled out by injury, but I could be wrong. And surely the deadline will be before the group stages start. And, I mean, we are recording this uh, on Friday evening. Tomorrow is when the tournament starts. So I'm not sure if they can make changes during the tournament. I think as long as it's before your first game, if a player is ruled out with injury, he can be replaced. No, not even injury, because you you can't say if somebody's injured or not. You, on six hours or something before the first game, as you said, Bobak, you can uh, change that player. So we'll see what happens with Kolizade. I would like to see him in the list, but only if he's supposed to play and not just be a, a part of the squad because he's he's, uh, he's almost fit. Okay, and on that point, I would like to just go into your predictions for the first game. Sina, what do you think uh, we will have in terms of a scoreline and what is the most important, let's say... That Iran should try to get out of this game. Um, I would say it will be two 0 to Iran, but uh, in terms of the biggest factor about the match, I think going back to something that Pejman said in the very one of the very first things he said uh, in regards to the group stages was one goal can be enough to get the job done, and I think for Kairos this is about just getting the job done. Let's move on to the next match, let, and let's get further and further into the competition. He's not trying to impress anyone, and um, to be honest, I'm not sure if we will, uh, uh, you know, make a statement as such in a group stage. So I think a 1-0, 2-0 will please him, will get the job done, clean sheets, and, and we move on to the Vietnam game, and I think that's, that will be the case. Ejvan, what about you? I think 2-0 sounds fair, but if Iran won't make a goal, score a goal in the first half, then... I think it will be really, really interesting to see what they will do in the second half. That's more interesting to me than winning 1-0 or 2-0. How long will it take for them to to keep their cool, you know, or to lose their cool? Yeah, yeah. 2-0 is a, is a good result. Okay. Yeah, that's all. That's, that's a good point. And if I had to add my two cents to the game, in customary fashion, I'm going to say Yemen will probably score against us, but we should steal a 2-1 win at the end and then go into the game against Vietnam in what should be a more defining moment of our destiny. I want to thank both of you guys for your time, and I hope the listeners enjoyed this preview of our first Asian Cup game in 2019 against Yemen. I would also like to invite whoever hasn't joined our Fantasy League game or group in the official game of the Asian Cup. Please join it. You can get more details on our Twitter account and other social media accounts. You can pitch your wits against the so-called experts and see if you can predict a better performing lineup of players by the end of the tournament. So thank you very much, guys, again. And we will have more time to discuss 
the results of this game and preview the, the Vietnam game down the line. Thank you, Bobak. Thank you, Pejman. Thank you, guys. Looking forward to a great Asian Cup now. I mean, uh, this is a, a really fun tournament. Watching a game against Vietnam versus Yemen, for me, that, that's really fun. I would choose that before any game in the league or Premier League, to be honest. And that's what you call the football hipster. Yeah, and one final note, Iran's football, uh, Pejman, can you tell the listeners when you expect to join the party for Iran's Asian Cup in case they want to meet up with you in the UAE? Yeah, I would love to see some uh, Golbezan listeners uh, or fans out there in the uh, UAE. I will be arriving 23rd. Maybe 24th, I'll get arriving uh, to UAE, and I will stay there all the way until the final game, which is on 1st of February. And uh, come and say hi, uh, tweet us, uh, tweet me. Uh, we can have a joy. You will have to see my daughter and wife as well. We can all enjoy ourselves in uh, Dubai and Abu Dhabi. Thank you guys once again. Cheers, guys.